Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy, fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon, ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor Meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week and looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my Factor favorites. So head to factor75.com slash wade50 or use code wade50 to get 50% off. That's code wade50 at factor75.com slash wade50 to get 50% off. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, P.W. Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Well, Eric, we finally saw Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. in the ring together, standing face-to-face. Zack throws a medium slap at Danielson. Danielson whacks him in return with a harder slap. And uh, the announcers declare, we'll finally find out who the best technical wrestler in the world is after Zack Sabre talked on commentary about waiting 15 years for this match. How do you think they uh, they finished up? They tied things together in terms of what presumably will be the main event match in Seattle uh, tomorrow night at WrestleDream. I don't think it's the main event. On the uh, preview show that aired after Rampage last night, Darby Allen said he was the main event. Well, I so that'd be um, my. I mean, he's from there too, and there's a title on the line, and there's a lot more backstory to that. Um. But it hasn't been 15 years in the making. I'll take I, Darby Christian's my pick for the last match. I just kind of figured most people were predicting uh, Danielson Zack Saber, and it's it kind of fits the theme of Wrestle Dream as being a dream match rather than a more traditional just kind of grudge title match. But if they do that, two out of three falls, Christian and uh, Darby. I think it's a good call. I'm not sure it's the right call. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think it argues toward Edge debuting, Adam Copeland debuting, right? If that's the sure. last match. Yeah. You would assume Darby wins because he's in his hometown and you that's that would be more of a Tony Khan move based on what we know of his booking. Yeah. Um that he wins the two or three false match and then somehow Adam Copeland debuts to give the big water cooler buzz factor at the end of tomorrow night's um pay per view. Um, you started off, you know, talking about, uh, ZSJ and Brian Danielson. And to me that, that match is symbolic of what wrestle dream is, which is like a show for the hardcore wrestling geeks out there. Mm-hmm. Like the people who would love to see, well, who, who would know off the top of their head, these two guys have won the Brian Danielson best technical wrestler award <laughs> winner in the observer poll right. between the two of them for 20 years in a, in a row or whatever. And so it's a dream match for them. Um, it's a dream match for, for, for me as well. I just, you know, not maybe the marquee box office value of, uh, of some of your matches. And maybe that's why it's not the main event. Maybe that's why it'll be the, the semi-main. Uh, my favorite part was uh, ZSJ on commentary. He, he did his phony fake uh, phone ring his cell phone ringing and then he said hello it's brian danielson he's phoning this in um which just really popped me i just thought wow that was really yeah funny. Yep. he was uh you know he was the best part of the commentary on the main event because you know you had cranky old jr out there still bopping around on aew somehow who's a legal and, man 
Yeah, just you know, uh, focused. You know, just just buzz kill, total joy kill. Hates hates the product. Why he's still there? I don't. I guess it's just Tony Khan taking mercy on him for all of his health issues, and that's fine. I guess if anyone deserves a lifetime achievement award, it's Jr. But just maybe have him work in the front office instead. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, you know, circumstances meant that I guess they couldn't have Saber Junior there until today. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's. I guess to me tonight, Collision was probably other people liked it better than I did. I thought it was a solid, if not spectacular, go home show. That it was action centered. Uh, Wednesday's Dynamite was more talking centered. Uh, the talking on this show, outside of the Omega Jericho promo was uh, mostly confined to recap packages from that um, excellent preview show that they always air on Friday nights after a rampage before a pay-per-view. So nobody sees it, I know. but it's just <laughs> incredibly produced work. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, to me, collision tonight didn't feel as hot, as intriguing at the end as dynamite did on Wednesday. All I care about, all I want to know is who was under the masks attacking Jay white. Right. Uh, to me, that felt like one of the more interesting things on the, sh- uh, in AEW in a while. And, um, they made reference to it in the opening match tonight with Andrade and juice Robinson, but, but didn't really follow up on it. You would expect that. They would well, Nigel told you the Dan- answer. It's obviously I'm Jeff because he wore the devil mask. So it's gotta be, <laughs> I love Kevin Kelly pushing back on, I mean, Nigel, it was just preposterous the way Nigel Nigel just seemed like a complete, you know, fool by going, it's definitive proof. And it is, uh, frankly, insulting to the audience to take such a stand. But at least Kevin Kelly was there to push back. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, that has possibilities. It, it could be, my hope is it's an invasion angle of some sort and that they don't screw it up. But, you know, it could just be what they're going to fill time with as Adam Cole's out with his ankle injury. Um I think did somebody else suggest might have been Kevin Kelly that Andrade was was uh, the one who attacked Jay White, which would make sense since Jay White beat him on last week's um, collision. So um, a little bit of furthering there, uh, but but mostly the show you know would rise or fall based on how it sold the pay per view. So how did it sell the pay per view overall? You've you've talked about the quality of the show, which match will go last, Jim Ross's commentary. You're intrigued with something that has. Nothing to do with selling the pay-per-view, although there's a chance it'll be furthered or revealed at the pay-per-view. But do you think they ultimately did a good job selling more people on this show than those who are predisposed to, no matter what, order every pay-per-view that AW puts on, or who saw Danielson Zack Sabre in particular and said, you got my money. How, how, how did this show do by trying to expand beyond those two groups? Um... I don't think it did that well. The, the second hour was better at selling the pay-per-view than the first. Um, right, right around the time Omega and Jericho came out, right to the end, I thought most everything had to do with selling the pay-per-view uh, in one way or another. It, all the promos and, um, and, the, and the matches. Um, I think if you were, the, if you're the type of wrestling fan who. Um, you know, would know who Josh Barnett is. We got a Josh Barnett God. match added to the card tonight, whether we wanted it or not. Um, you know, well, they you... call it a what was a phrase? Not a dream match, but a dream match of sorts. A dream match of sorts. <laughs> I love Ouch. that. But we're just going to oh. s- slip this yeah. in on the pre-show. Uh, it's going to be a pre-show match. We're going to tell you about it now in a brief vignette, and we're not going to give you any context. I mean, it's just, and we're, but we're gonna call it a dream match of sorts. It's a pre-match dream show. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, I, th- that was Kevin Kelly sort of 
a great insult that he has plausible deniability <laughs> on. Um, I, I mean, I assume I think Josh Barnett is from the Seattle area, and he has Anoki ties. Yeah. Um, but uh, either know. do it up or don't do it. Like this is just I, such a waste. I think my guess is the plan was Moxley was going to face Josh Barnett, and then he got injured. Um, Moxley has p- taken part in Josh Barnett's uh, yeah. his indie show where they don't have any ropes. Yep. Bloodsport, right? It's every yep. year at WrestleMania they have a show. I watched it this year because Kota Ibushi was going to uh, have a comeback match there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it it felt like a total afterthought. Absolutely. Um, uh, but, you know, but that that's kind of the theme of the show. It's the... It's the people who would, uh, back when there were DVDs or Blu-rays, people who would watch all of the bonus features and know all of the lore, right? I miss the, that uh, stuff. I miss the, that stuff, yeah. Yeah, the hardest of the hardcores. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I was excited for the show, but, you know, not, you know, it's, it, it's not Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, you know, Hulk Hogan versus the big baddie, uh, uh, you know, type of marquee. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, card. It's it's. It, I mean, it looks great from a work rate perspective. I'm beyond excited for FTR and Aussie Open. Um, they could have done a little bit more to uh, build that up. Uh, I thought in the main event they they hardly touched. And um, but you know, up and down the card, there are matches I'm I'm looking forward to. So uh, they already had my money, and they didn't yeah. do anything to lose my money. Although I have not ordered the show yet. Um, just because, you know, I'll wait until five minutes before and then get caught up in the Bleacher Report uh, errors and all that and be <laughs> mad. But, uh, uh, yeah, what uh, what was what are your thoughts? Were you high on the show or not? I have not had a chance to read your review. Yeah, um, I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. I mean, it, it didn't – I don't think it – I don't think it changed any minds, to be honest. And, and so I don't think it was like a great final sell. But it, it frankly, just too late for that. Um, but, you know, I say it's solid because I think the video packages, like you said, they do a stellar job with their, you know, their their dedicated uh, pre-show or, uh, you know, a pay-per-view preview episodes that follow Rampage. So, you know, it was solid. I mean, you, you I think the only match they didn't... Did they touch on Hangman and Swerve? Um, I... Other than mentioning they, it, I don't think they focused on it. I they did, did a lot on that on that Friday night uh, preview, but I don't think right. they did tonight. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that's the only match. I guess the four way with the guns and and the 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 young bucks and all that. That I think that they didn't give any attention to. But I think every other match got something. So you know when I say solid, it's like it's solid in that sense, and I think closing giving Zack Saber fifteen minutes of TV time to comment is good because a lot of people have no connection to him uh, at all or beyond just hearing about him. Um, AW obviously wants to wants those people to buy the pay per view in addition to those who who have been dedicated fans of of his stellar work over the years. So. I you know giving him a chance to get his personality across a little bit I think was was good I think it was good use of him when he was in town I certainly would have done more the past couple of weeks um, you know building up a little bit more and not assuming that the audience they're hoping to uh, attract in large numbers dishing out uh, fifty dollars uh, care who the best technical wrestler is inherently enough to spend fifty five dollars or whatever you know with that, whatever um, so you know I mean it's just in a way it's too little too late but given that it's too little too late it was solid. Um, and yeah, the vignettes were good, and so yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have like super, super strong or su- super negative feelings. I think this is kind of what I expected them to do. 
Um, and they did, you know, they put effort into uh, Omega and Jericho. Um, you know, that's what stood out to me in terms of, oh, we're going to turn Jericho and Omega teaming together into something, uh, an issue, have the, you know, the, of course, you know, oops, I knocked you off the ring apron moment that, you know, they didn't really play up beyond that, which is, which is fine, but I'm not quite sure why they did it in the first place, but maybe it'll play itself out on the pay-per-view, but probably not. But we got, you know, a couple promos from Kenny Omega and, and Jericho before the match and after the match. So I'd say that was the strongest um, I would have liked to hear from Don Callis about this one last time. I think he's, you know, a guy, you're going to sell pay-per-views based on people wanting to see him get humiliated and, and, and set back. I also think they could have trimmed the Jericho Omega in-ring promo after their match uh, a bit. I thought it, it kind of petered out in the end, um, you know, with Jericho kind of turning the focus to, to Sammy Guevara. So, I mean, I, nothing was great, but it was solid. Yeah, I thought they had a missed opportunity in the Omega Jericho tag match to bring out Ibushi and Will Ospreay and, and you know, all of the participants yeah. and Don Callis. And, you know, they could have done yeah. a physical pull apart part brawl, but I guess they were saving that for the main event. They could have just done a standoff then, right? That's your other option yeah. in, in that situation is they all, six of them are nose to nose. They didn't do that. I wonder if Osprey and Ibushi are on per date deals and Tony didn't think it was <laughs> worth it to uh, to pay them what was probably a decent fee for, for both of them to do a run in uh, the night before a pay-per-view that probably most people have already made up their minds on whether they're going to order. Um, it was interesting that Omega and Jericho, you know, a lot of their heat they put on Callus, right, for their for their promo as opposed to Sammy and Takeshita. I guess there was a little bit um, from Jericho on Sammy, but yeah. um, Callus is the heat magnet, and he's the heel manager, but he's not going to be the one getting in the ring. So it's um, it really is just rises and falls based on your the intensity of your dislike for Callus because Sammy and Takeshita are sort of just henchmen who are carrying out his will as opposed to, you know, as much independent actors, um, you know, with their own, with, with their own free will. So it's, um, it, it, it's a choice. Not, not sure that's the best choice for Sammy and Takeshita, but yeah. Callus is just so over as a heel um, yeah. in that sort of Bobby Heenan eighties, Heenan's army taking on Hogan kind of way. All right, well, let's uh, let's pause and introduce the show formally here, and then we'll get to uh, calls and uh, um, emails and uh, do a little more previewing of tomorrow night's show with you, Eric. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Saturday, September 30th, 2023. I'm Wade Keller, host of the show, the editor, publisher, and founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter and the website pwtorch.com. I host a variety of podcasts, some VIP exclusive, like Everything with Rich and Wade, The Fix with Todd Martin, Wade Keller Hotlines, Keller Conversations, and post-pay-per-view and post-PLE roundtables, which we'll be doing uh, tomorrow night after WrestleDream, just for VIP members. Don't forget, Greg Parks, PW Torch columnist, will be hosting Wrestling Night in America tomorrow night after WrestleDream. Uh, so uh, check that out for your live fix if you... Uh, want to get uh, be participate in a live call-in show like this afterwards we'll have the information on that in my report at pwtorch.com at the top and bottom of the report a link to the live stream the phone number and the email uh it's sep- it's different than than this because it's uh wrestling night in america on the pw torch daily cast feed but we'll have full information so you can join the conversation after wrestle dream somewhere at one two three in the morning whenever they get done uh with with the event do you have an over under eric on uh, how, how long the show runs it's 14 matches <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I they're going the you know they're going the full five. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that voice you just heard, the other voice you heard on the show so far is Eric Kroll. He is a uh, former Pro Wrestling Torch columnist over 30 years ago and now back contributing to PW Torch in various ways with articles and co-hosting podcasts. Eric, great to have you here. I think this is your uh, Collision Post Show debut. It is. No significance to that whatsoever. But uh, Wade Keller is the hardest working man in uh, wrestling journalism. This is his fourth Post show of the week, I believe. If yeah, I'm well, calculating it's a, that it's correctly, a, a typical week. Yeah, <laughs> so that's uh, that right there. He's going. He will have talked already, f- f- even longer, even more than the hours of tomorrow night's paper. <laughs> that is well, I don't talk the whole time, but I, I throw to co-hosts and callers. But yes. So, uh, so yeah, let's give out the phone number for tonight's show. You are welcome to call if you are live streaming us, uh, and uh, push one on your phone after you call, and that'll let you know. Let us know you want to be on the show, like Mike and Hendrick have already done. The number to call is 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on Collision Tonight, your thoughts on Wrestle Dream Hype, your thoughts on Wrestle Dream tomorrow night. Are you ordering it or are you not? Why or why not? Uh, and you can also email us, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Okay, let's uh, let's just get to it. Let's get to our uh, calls. We'll start with uh, Mike and Hershey, PA. Uh, Mike, thanks for calling. Uh, what's in your mind about Collision tonight? Hey, Wade, Eric, good. Uh, glad to uh, be on the show tonight. Uh, I liked it. I liked the show. It was um, it was it was a fun Saturday night in front of the uh, in front of the TV. Um, I think you guys nailed it, though. And I guess I'll answer your question right off the bat, just to let you know where I'm coming from. I I I don't think I'll be ordering the show tomorrow. I just think it's, <laughs> I have to go to work on Monday morning and, you know, without the, without like a world title match and, uh, you know, some of the big storylines that I'm into, you know, being, not really being resolved, uh, you know, anticipating being resolved in the, in the show. Uh, you know, I think I'll skip this one, but I'm, I'm interested in the results, but I, I won't be ordering Wrestle Dream tomorrow night. What could have sold you? Is is a, 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 a like seven matches instead of fourteen? Um, I mean, some of those are on the pre-show, but still, no. Seriously, like if they well, just said we're going to give you a three and a half hour dream show of six matches, and we're going to again, I'm don't want, I'm not trying to answer the question for you. Please don't think it, you have to abide by this. But if they had just spent the last three weeks focusing on six matches and building them. And, and focusing on them and every collision, every dynamite, you know, covered at least five of them in some form or fashion. And you knew what you were buying. Would that be more a selling point or does that, does that actually detract because, well, you'd have to cut off half the card and all the matches on the show are going to help make it great. Where, where are you on that? I just think it's, it's, it's just not my kind of show. It's, it's kind of like forbidden door. I'm just not, it's, it's, it's like a forbidden door show. It's just not my, my thing. I'd rather just be with, within the AEW world as opposed to the you know the new japan stuff so i mean some interesting matches in there but you know some of the stuff some of the some of the players uh i think you, you might find this funny i have a 14 year old daughter she walked into the room you know uh, as the show was ending and zach saber jr who is uh who's fantastic by the way but uh and i did enjoy him on commentary tonight but he, he goes into the ring and he's standing there uh you know in in brian danielson's face and my daughter's my daughter said, "Is that Machine Gun Kelly?" So, oh wow! <laughs> so that was kind of funny. 
<laughs> he does actually kind of look like has a resemblance to to uh, to him. Uh, she's 14, so she likes his music and knows who he is. But um, look, I'm intrigued by it, but it I would prefer probably you know I am an AEW fan and I do purchase some of the pay-per-views throughout the year, but I'm this is one that I think I'll probably just try to catch some of the matches, you know, in in the coming week on clips and things like that afterwards. This is it's just going to be on too late for me tomorrow night. It's just yeah, and I'm I'm just not that intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen.
Uh, what else about tonight's collision stood out to you? Said it was a nice. I mean, I thought it was just a the the. the yeah. I'm not quite sure why, but like Saturday night wrestling feels different than Wednesday night wrestling. And and originally, it was, you know, the show was very different. Um, you know, we have different announcers, different opening theme. Um, but it does sort of feel a little more relaxing. It's not on a work night, school night, and it does feel kind of fun to just settle in and have some good wrestling um and you know hopefully some good character development something better than you know women yelling bitch at each other um and 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 we mostly got that tonight (laughs) what what stood out to you mike yeah well exactly first of all just saturday night wrestling is great so it doesn't matter aw wwe if there's a there's a show on saturday night that's we can actually have people you know friends over we can like you know relax whatever have a couple of beers yeah Wednesday is more. I'm kind of I'm kind of DVRing that and kind of fast forwarding and and uh, you know catching what I can and then kind of catching up with you guys the next day. That's kind of my routine, you know. With with Saturday night, you know, if I get the chance, if I'm not doing something, it's great sitting down and uh, and, and you know watching the show. But no, a couple of things. Wait, actually, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I caught my first AEW show live uh, up in State College, Pennsylvania. And the one thing I will say is, since seeing it. Since seeing Collision live, I'm actually seeing the show, like the TV show, a lot differently now when I watch it on TV because it is. And I don't. And I don't know. And again, I'm not a. I'm. I'm. I'm all about AEW. AEW is cool, but I understand they have challenges. You know, like that night where I was there, they had you know half the arena was completely empty. Yeah. Um, when I watch the show, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. You know, they only shoot everything that they're showing is from that vantage point of of that hard side uh camera and so you you know you're getting a great view of the crowd and you know the ramps the ramp both sides of the ramp are full so you get some nice shots of that but there's some points when you're watching the show where you're just wondering if they had people on the other side if it was a full arena it would actually be it it would be more entertaining more natural um and one of the one of the things that stood out to me tonight you know uh was during the Jericho Omega match, mm-hmm. there was a distraction from uh, Prince Nana, and and basically because they couldn't shoot him from the, <laughs> you know, to, they shot him looking at his face. You would yeah. see this black hole in the background, right? Yeah. So you see the back of his head, and I, I, it's like you have no idea what he's what he's actually doing. And, and it, when you when you when you understand why they're doing that from a production standpoint, it kind of takes away from it. So, you know, that's just one of the things, and. Um, I'm trying to think if there was another moment like that, but the only thing that I would say that I've noticed before that's similar to that is when there's a dive. So when there's like a dive out of the ring, it's always shot like this, you know, you can't see them diving out away from the ring into this. They're always diving towards, you know, it's yeah. like uh, the cameraman has his back. So when you know that, when you notice those little things, it's uh, ever since I've seen it live, it kind of changed the way I watched the show. Eric, what do you what do you think about AW's presentation now compared to the that first night in DC? You know, just packed crowd. Obviously, we had Wembley as another example. There's been, but there's been fewer, and for there's been fewer, and it's further in between where there's just uh like a crowd and a night of AW wrestling where you're like, this is a red hot product, and these guys are stars. And you know, I was watching Kenny and Jericho, and you know, it is a you know. It's a really nice arena, but it's darkened and you know so so many uh, in so many respects. It just it doesn't feel 
hot. And then, you know, you hear there's something in Even if you're not thinking about it, there is that sort of hearing echoes in the building and you can kind of individually hear uh, what wrestlers are saying um, or what fans are saying to the wrestlers. And it is it just doesn't have the same kind of major league. These this is this is a happening product as often. It doesn't greatly affect me consciously, but I think in the end, you know, I was thinking about it watching Jericho and Omega going, I I just, they don't feel like as big a stars as they would if the arena was lit up and there was a much bigger crowd. I mean, maybe it's just stating the obvious. How how do you feel about that, Eric? Well, they drew, according to Russell Tix's last report earlier today, they were going to draw about 4,200 tonight in a building that... um, would hold about 18,000 for basketball if Seattle had a basketball team. Sorry, Seattle, your team moved um, many years ago. Uh, so you would think you could get maybe 14,000, 13,000 in for wrestling, depending on yep. the size of your Titantron. Pardon my out-of-date <laughs> phraseology. Um, and, you know, you got 4,000. So uh, that does, um, it, as, as Mike pointed out, that does limit what you can shoot. Uh, WWE had the same problem a few years ago, probably pre-pandemic, before they got hot again. Um, They were drawing about 5,000 people, you know, on average for a Raw or a SmackDown uh, because the product was cold. And they had to resort to the same thing. It it just does generally feel, you know, SmackDown has had sellout after sellout and 10,000 plus crowd after 10,000 plus crowd. It just feels more big league when you can shoot the whole stadium and you can do the big long shot from up in the rafters showing, you know, it, it makes it feel like a like a big basketball game or a, yeah. a football game, a, a big sporting event. And AEW hasn't had that. And it, I think in wrestling is I was thinking about that this week. And, and what does that mean? Um other than the tickets not in demand and they've, they've had to resort to two for ones and, and, and deep discounts and papering to, to get enough people in the building to even make it look this good for TV. So decreased attendance is usually the first sign of a cold promotion, right? And then the TV ratings, if they're going to fall, that happens later. Is that generally how it works, Wade? That, that the, what falls later? I didn't understand. For the first thing to fall, the canary in the coal mine is the live attendance. And then the TV is more of a habit. I'm used to watching Raw on Monday nights, or I'm used to watching. Yeah, Dynamite I think so. I think that's true because TV's free, and going to an arena takes effort. Yeah, so if that's the case, I mean AEW probably needs to to be a little bit, you know, uh, paying attention to whether their TV numbers start falling mm-hmm. um, any more than they and that, than they have compared to you know the hot period of a couple of years ago, and so that is cause for worry. I know you you have advocated in the past, and I've made fun of you that. Uh, over showing fans on the on the concourse, well, I don't even think AEW has that option anymore. Even if they wanted to improve the presentation or change up the presentation by showing fans on the concourse, they'd be showing kind of empty concourses, which is not ideal for television. Yeah. Um, Mike, how do you feel about all that? Like, does it affect you week after week in terms of how you perceive the product right now? Uh, you know, not really. I, I think it's, just because I'm a, I mean, listen, I'm calling a, I'm calling a pro wrestling uh, post show <laughs> yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm a pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a big, I'm a big fan. So I'm, I'm, I've been with it since I'm a little kid. But no, the one thing that, that came to my mind was uh, Vincent from uh, uh, the righteous, the righteous was coming down the ramp, and it was so quiet yeah. that you could actually, you could, I mean, it, 
you could hear him snapping his fingers like it was clear as day. And that's, and that's more than just having good microphones, I think, on the camera. I mean, it was pretty, pretty echoey in that, in that moment. I didn't think um, that the pop for Brian Danielson, you know, the whole match was, the whole main event lengthy match was built around Danielson getting a hot tag. And it wasn't the summer of Brian, you know? I mean, like, it, they, they, I mean, they were, you know, chanting for his yes kiss and stuff, but like, you didn't get that hometown explosion. And Brian seemed to be working a little extra hard to try to get the crowd into it a few seconds later, maybe picking up on that. It's not, you know, the crowd wasn't like going bonkers who were there. They were, you know, but they were cheering him, but it just didn't feel electric. So, yeah, it happens on many levels. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah. How much of that is 4,000 people in a building, and how much of that is Seattle's kind of an odd place, like <laughs> in terms of drawing and, and crowd reactions? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's Danielson, and he they the whole match was built around his hot tag, and he hot tags in, and you know, I crowd's kind of sitting the, there. I think the 12, uh, to me, it was like 20 minutes, maybe the 10 to 12 minutes of beatdown of Wheeler Yuta killed the crowd, <laughs> right. maybe. I don't know. But that's the point. Yeah. I mean, what's you're, you're, I mean, I get what you're saying there, but like that's actually the, a feature, not a flaw in the formula of building a hot tag is bring the crowd down milk the moment boom there's a hot tag and they've rested during the beatdown and now they just can't wait to see a flurry of offense from their favorite i mean that's by design but yeah i mean whatever it was it wasn't oh this guy's red hot and over and you know his match is going to sell pay-per-views this is his hometown and they're going crazy for him it just just didn't have that vibe and i i do think fans feed off each other when you're in a you know gigantic building and everything is tarped off and darkened I mean, it does bring the energy down too. You know, it it, it you know people excitement and and uh, you know popping or that that's contagious too. So, you know, and I mean, it's it's tough to run back to back nights in the same market, and you know, you're gonna have it's, it's a price you pay, but it's also the price AW pays. And I said for the beginning of the announcement of Collision, AW is gonna pr- pay a price because they're n- they're gonna go to have to go to cities that don't draw as well or go to towns that are drawing well twice as often, and it's gonna hurt the TV product because they're gonna have smaller crowds and burned out crowds. And you know, it's it's like speaking of Daniel Bryan uh, or Brian Danielson when he was Dan- Daniel Bryan, he said nobody wants to be in the third hour of Raw because the crowd is dead by then. Everybody looks at that format sheet and, and hopes that their match is in the first hour and a half or two hours. Um, and so, you know, wrestlers are cognizant to that. And anyway, I don't want to belabor that point. But yeah, it did, it, did, it, it wasn't a red-hot crowd going into a pay-per-view. And if you're trying to, you know, sell people on the idea that this show sells itself because everybody knows who Zack Sabre Jr. is and everybody knows the, the, the Shibata backstory. And, you know, it's like if you're going to do that, you, you ought to have a you, – you want to be able to back that case up with at least a red-hot crowd bigger than 4,200 people. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, 
Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I might thank you. Yeah, just a, two quick notes. So the first thing is, um, I think, first of all, Jericho, I think, did a great <laughs> – I mean, it took a lot of prompting, but he got the crowd going during the match with a lot of arm uh, – I don't know what you want to call it – trying to get the people going, you know, throughout the match. And they were pretty hot during during moments of that match. Um, I, I, I noticed some terminology that I just thought was kind of interesting, and I wanted to pass it by you guys just to – if you thought that this was intentional or it was just uh, whether it was a shot across the bow or some sort of reaction, but during during the Jericho Omega match versus Gates of Agony, they, the the announcer mentioned that one of the Gates of Agony's fathers, uh, I guess, uh, was actually a tribal chief. <laughs> they used the word tribal chief of, uh, and and that I found that interesting. And then the other part was the Chris Statlander promo where she 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 called herself the defeater of the undefeated mm-hmm. so and i think that was that was certainly reactionary to uh to the news about jade cargill this week so guys that's all i had um cool. uh, so thank you for the opportunity always loves calling in and uh appreciate the time thanks mike good hearing from me call again i wouldn't be surprised if kevin kelly and nigel mcginnis do not know that roman reigns is the 
uh, you know, what, what his catchphrase is as tribal chief, and they just said it. I, I could totally imagine that's possible, that they're just completely disconnected from the WWE product right now. Nigel, just out of, you know, that's my ex-company, I don't want to watch, and Kevin Kelly, because, well, it's his ex-company, he doesn't, want, he doesn't watch. I mean, I don't know. How, Eric, where are you on uh, Kevin Kelly? This was a better week for him in terms of his inflections, uh, but he's still not naming names. You know, he doesn't know names of holds, um, which is so weird um, how many submission holds and, and signature moves he just hasn't bothered to learn or can't recall as they're happening and i mean to me that's you know one of the, like that's sort of your job as the play-by-play guy um he was in last place in our last in, last i checked in our poll for your favorite aw announcer and i listed like eight of them um where are you on him are you are you a, a booster or do you think there's a drop off with new japan and if so why um so i am a huge fan of kevin kelly on new japan yeah. like he just tells the stories and just he's just fantastic he's incredible on new japan um so one of the the, he is still in last place in our poll by the way he gets a pass (laughs) he gets a pass from me because i have such a reservoir of goodwill uh from new japan um that you know i'll give him some time to uh to make the adjustment now that said i think how how could you do better if you don't know the names of the moves in AEW? Well, you would do what he would do in New Japan. He'd go talk to the wrestlers. He would ask them what the names of the moves are. Yeah. You know, you you do some work. Yeah. And my guess would be maybe that work hasn't been done. Or someone hand him a sheet. Uh, someone hand him a sheet of paper. <laughs> that has, this is this is the guy's finisher, and the plan is for him to use it. And it's basically this. You know, like describe it in words if you can't, or so, have someone put together a little video just for him, um, or or send him an email with links that show each wrestler's finishing move on YouTube, um, and then that should be what he does between now and next week. I mean, it's just like well, it's, yeah, it's AEW, so there's not a lot of structure backstage. Uh, I know. Well, I'm, that doesn't that doesn't no, mean I'm not going to so point like out. Kevin Kelly himself, yeah. right? If yeah. Kevin Kelly is going to get a big paycheck to do this and allow exactly. him to quit New Japan, then Kevin Kelly needs to put in the work. And maybe yeah. now that he's not going to be going to Japan anymore after uh, January, that uh, he will put in that work, hopefully. I have a little bit of sympathy for not knowing the names of the moves because I took – I didn't watch wrestling regularly for about 15 years. And so when I came back, uh, largely due to the Jericho Omega match in Japan at the Tokyo Dome – I didn't know the names of the moves. And still to this day, when I'm trying to thumb out at an arena on an iPhone, uh, a (laughs) report for you, I just say things like he used his finisher. Because in the moment, I can't tell. And I'm in an arena, so I can't really look up what the name of it is, right? It's it's hard because it's Wi-Fi. Eric, that's... I get it. I get not knowing the lack... But you have a different job. Like that's right. if I, I yeah, will tell you this. The finisher. <laughs> if your job was to get over the names of wrestlers finishing holds as part of your job description, and that was your sole job, you didn't work forty hours Monday through Friday somewhere else and show up on weekends doing part time wrestling announcing, that Monday through Friday, you should spend forty hours learning the names of holds and 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 the, your first week on the job. Um so, you know, it's just like I, if you're not familiar with the product, get familiar with the product quickly and spend one week doing it. I mean you're just it just you can learn it all in a week. If that is your job, that should be something you know by now. Um, and there's not really an argument against naming the wrestling holds. I, I mean, it's 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 not as it's not as bad as using pronouns throughout a match with a bunch of wrestlers who fans don't know really well or using you know last names and not their full names. I mean, people give Vince a hard time for all his rules, but like 
they're most of his rules are good and some aren't and the ones that aren't make the good rules seem bad by knee jerk but you know every chance you get you should be name naming the wrestlers by name not pronouns and you should get the key moves over by mentioning them every chance you get um anyway Point made, yeah. Kevin Kelly, last place, 9%, but it's close. I mean, Jim Ross is 10%, Tony Schiavone, 11%, Ian Riccoboni, 13 um, Taz getting, getting close to first place. I thought he was going to win. Um, he's at 18%, Excalibur at 20%. So Nigel doing pretty well at 17%, by the way. He's making a bit of a comeback. So Anyway, go to the poll section at pwtorch.com and, and, uh, and vote, and uh, maybe you can make a difference in, uh, in who finishes first and last. All right, if you're joining us midstream, I don't know if NXT No Mercy just ended or not. I'm, I'm not watching it at all and avoiding spoilers, but um, it's possible it ended. We got some people who just uh, called up and are on hold. Um, but if you, uh, if you did watch Collision or you just want to talk WrestleDream, feel, uh, consider yourself invited. 347-215-8558. 347-215-8558. And when you call, push one. All right, let's go to uh, Hendrick in Portland next. Hendrick, thanks for holding. What's on your mind about Collision tonight? Uh, I'm I'm sitting in the basement of the Climate Change Arena right now. Now, and, did, uh, how did you end up in the basement? Did you know there was a wrestling show there? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I'm sitting right by where it says authorized personnel only for the NHL, so this is where oh. the Kraken come in. How fun. I, I tried to find, like, uh, the... The spot where I can actually talk to you. Yeah, no, that's great. Appreciate it. This is where I am. So uh, we talked. You've you've heard us probably. uh, If if the reception was good in the basement, Um, although Climate Pledge. Oh no, it is. It very much has a basement because it's. Isn't that the arena that's basically underground mostly? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm impressed with the reception. but Jeff Bezos should have good reception everywhere. He's got the money to make that happen. Um, so what what do you think of the uh, the energy in the crowd tonight? How did it come across in person? Um, well, first of all, hey, Eric. Nice to talk to you. Uh, hey! Uh, <laughs> you're, you're someone I always like to listen to, so it's nice to be on the uh, phone with you. But uh, Why, thank you. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This... This crowd was fine. I mean, it was definitely the lowest uh, attended crowd I've seen in a long time. I was here uh, in in January, which was the first time uh, AEW came here. That was when uh, they they changed to the striking uh, laser things for the new new look or whatever. But it was also when uh, uh, Darby Allen beat uh, Samojo for the championship, and there was a lot more people there that time than in this time. Um, did I mentioned the uh, uh, Brent, uh, Brent Danielson pop for the hot tag that you know they they built to? What was it like in the building? Were you surprised? Did it come across as like big and massive? It just didn't come across on TV to us, or did it seem a little muted? And were you surprised? Uh, I guess at that point in time, it uh, about right because of the amount of people that was in the building. So it didn't seem like, like, you know, there, 
there wasn't going to be a crazy amount of uh, a response for anyone. But, I mean, yeah. Danielson, you know, you would hope he would have the biggest pop of the night. But, I mean, he, I guess he kind of did. I don't know. It was just kind of like, hey, we're, we're, <laughs> we're here to, to, you know, like, help out this product. Yeah, I almost felt like, <laughs> like they, they felt bad for it at points in times. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed. The Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What, uh, who got the biggest pops of the night? Um, I mean, for me, it was, what I heard was Kenny Omega, which, 
you know, I mean, he doesn't have any ties here or whatever, but I mean, it's, it's hard to see that guy. <laughs> so if you can actually like get him like in the building and, uh, get him, uh, to wrestle, that, that's a big deal. So I would say Kenny Omega got the biggest pop. And how about from there? Mm, I mean, I would say probably Danerson after that. And then, uh, I don't know. I yeah. After that, I I don't. I'm not really sure. There there was some really dull moments. Talk talk about the dull moments. What 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 category? What do you categorize as dull moments on tonight's episode? Uh, well, I'd say like I, uh, uh, so when there is uh, Andrade match. Uh, that was about as as dull as it got. Like and then uh, wow. the kingdom. Like it was just like it was just like they were waiting for stars, but they never got the stars. And then when they finally got them, it was like okay, good enough. <laughs> I thought I thought I by know. the way the the juice Andrade match was like one of the highlights of the show. I just thought that was a really good match. Eric, what'd you think of that? Yeah. In my notes, I'm like, wow, this was much better than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Andrade like, came Juice. to work and Juice had one, like the, I don't say the match of his career, but maybe his best AW match. Maybe that is a match of his career. I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it had nothing to do with the pay-per-view. So it was, um, more used to bring up the end of the cliffhanger ending of dynamite. But, um, the, the match definitely exceeded expectations. They could have just phoned it in the night before a pay-per-view, but um, they put their working boots on, so good for them. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, we had the Kingdom of the Best <laughs> Friends with their wiener jokes and just, you know, just a just a dork fest of a match. And uh, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> which, I mean, that, it's... That what makes me mad. When I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God. You know, like, really wiener wiener blast like uh, yeah. get real like you're you're on national television like fucking do something good <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah it was it was uh, it was yeah it's just it's it's one of those things where i just think it, it the eye roll is so big it can turn some people off what what you know between the melvin thing that you know Taven keeps doing and bennett uh, yeah there's just i mean eric does that i just haven't thought the best friends gimmick has benefited AEW from the beginning, you know, give the people what they want. It's just like, Oh God, what a bunch of dorks. I mean, I'd have to say the highlight, the high point of the best, best friends AEW run was when they had that pandemic era parking lot brawl, uh, with Santana and Ortiz that I think one wrestling publication that will go unnamed, not the torch might've given five stars to, um, it it was good, right? That, that was sort of their high point. And then since then it's just been their, they're basically a baby face, jobber tag team you know gatekeeper tag team to put the heels over the kingdom not my cup of tea i guess the thing i would say at least they're trying to give them some wins on aew television at least since they're part of the mjf adam cole i guess main event storyline right mjf's the champion so he's he's the main event storyline or should be um I just don't care about either the kingdom or best friends. So um, yeah. kind of, that's why I said the second hour was, was better than the first. Yeah. At yeah. P- boosting the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, and I mean, Jericho 
in Omega and Skates of England. It was it was fine, you know, but it's like you're watching Omega sell to two wrestlers who are not pushed or established, you know, with, with most AEW viewers. I don't think they could tell you who Connor Leona is and what their backstory is. And Prince Nana just sings the dorky song uh, and about money and but there's not character development. They're not a threatening tag team. There's nothing at stake. And Omega, Omega selling a bunch of the match, and then you got the Righteous winning a quick squash. So, and then the you know the law the you know nearly 20 minute main event. It, I don't know. I mean, I just that's why Starkson. Excuse me. That's why uh, um, uh, Juice and Andrade stood out to me. It's like I thought they bookended the show with you know good matches, but best match was this 13 minute tight, hard hitting, high energy brawl with you know juice playing up his character in a way that is you know i'm not against like goofy characters but there comes a point where it's just so like dorky indie immature in joke self-satisfied you know smugly self-satisfied bad grade school humor and uh, that's that's what that what's what david and bennett and and um um the best friends were doing so and what chuck usually i mean anyway i don't want to add too much i mean i just i would i would steer things in a different direction for tony khan i think it, it reflects badly on the ability to take anything else on the product seriously and i think it just shows bad judgment uh, but that's my opinion and maybe tony khan has stats to back up that people are delighted with uh with with what what they do in their hugs and all that indie-rific stuff uh eric do you have a, a question for hendrick um, are you going to tomorrow night's pay-per-view? Oh, yeah. I'll definitely be there. I mean, this is funny. Like, uh, this was one of the last uh, collision shows that was actually uh, <laughs> uh, like during the time when CM Punk was here. So uh, this actually, this these tickets went on sale uh, like right before All In. Uh, like the London all in. So, so it was kind of funny that, you know, this is the last guess of people that could possibly want to like buy a ticket for CM Punk, but that, that I did not see any whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I will definitely, I will definitely be there tomorrow and, uh, here tomorrow. And, well- uh, Hendrick, what are you most looking forward to on that show? Like, what, what, if you hadn't bought a ticket yet and, and, but decided to, like, what would be the, the match or matches that, that get you? Well, I mean, I'm kind of a New Japan weirdo and I've never actually seen Shibata wrestle. So, like, him versus Eddie Kingston was the main reason I'm here. But, uh, Besides that, like I mean, I mean, Danielson versus versus Saber is going to be great. I mean, there's basically no way <laughs> they they can lose on that one. So that's why I'm here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Eric, do you have a question for Hendrick and his in per, in arena experience? Um, did anybody? <laughs> in the arena react when they announced Josh Barnett versus Claudio <laughs> for the pay-per-view pre-show? I did, but I, I think I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I mean, you know, I'm, I was a fan of, you know, of what he's done in anime and 
you know, he, he did, I don't know. To me, I mean, I think that was definitely supposed to be for Mox, but, but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them more. Was there anything else on the show besides what aired on TV? Anything before and after? And did Tony Khan in particular make an appearance for the crowd? Well, Tony Khan came out definitely right before. Like, uh, I mean, they're, if you can hear, they're still doing Ring of Honor right now. But, but, uh, but at the beginning, it was, it was kind of heartwarming. Like, maybe in like kind of a weird way where it was like, like, we love you, Tony. You're trying your best, but this is not good enough. But <laughs> we're, we're still gonna, gonna applaud you. Like, and, like it was definitely no negativity with Tony Khan whatsoever. And when he came out and he was just like, Thank you for coming, you know, same kind of deal he kinda of does for every show, but but it, it it kind of felt like a little more heartwarming where he was just like I'm trying my best <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, but hmm. Mm. But I, it was good. Yeah. Like nothing but positive to Tony Khan, which <laughs> I'm glad. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down on the sharpshooter to Brett the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. Uh, Eric, anything else you want to add? Just a contrast to the last time I saw Tony Khan live, which was the collision the night before <laughs> All Out, and uh, he was getting booed for you know uh, he was he said he pulled his chair yeah. out and told us why he fired CM Punk. So um, I, I think <laughs> AEW has been better in that all of the focus has been on the um, for the most part, you know, with the Jade Cargill exception of her her leaving. Most of the focus and headlines have been about the storylines and uh, is Edge coming in as opposed to CM Punk backstage drama. So the promotion's doing better, <laughs> uh, you know, it, even if not maybe at the box at the box office for live attendance, just because of the addition by subtraction they did with Punk, you know, a month later. I think that's fairly obvious. I uh, Hendrick did. Uh... What you th- what you think of Julia Hart's entrance? And it's you know it's it's kind of low energy, um, it, but it's you know meant to be spooky and mysterious. The righteous kind of have a different vibe. Don Callis has different vibe. There's, so you know, I mean, I, I'm not super into analyzing entrance music a lot, but I think it's important and notable, and it sets the tone for the talent and the the match, but also for the energy level in the crowd. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, did, did you think the, the Julia Hart 
ring entrance worked because they put a lot into it. I'm, I'm not even drawing a conclusion myself when I ask that. I'm just genuinely curious what it was like in the building for her because I think she's coming along and seeming more believable in her role and, and uh, getting better in the ring. And she's so young, as, as Tony Khan talked about in the media Q&A last week or earlier this week. Um, so, yeah, just what, what were your thoughts on, on her? Did she seem like a star or the, was the crowd, you know, dead for it? No, definitely not that. Like, and I was, I mean, I really appreciate, like, what she's done character-wise. Like, I mean, she was, like, just a random cheerleader, which was what she was in real life. And then she got in the House of Black, and she's really, uh, I don't know, took hold of this character. And I, I, and it was, it was appreciated. It wasn't, like, a boring, like, go to the bathroom type deal. It was like, we appreciate you. I mean, for the little amount of people that were here, I mean, they, they're under her. Yeah. And I'm under her too. I, I think she's done a great job, honestly. Uh, very good. Henry, is there anything else you want to share with us? Um, well, I just want to warn Eric that, uh, your your good friend Hangman Page is probably going to get booed out of the building tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Swerve. It's going to be Swerve's house. I'm sorry, <laughs> like it, I, I don't know what storyline they're going for or whatever, but it's definitely going to be Swerve's house. There are few uh, bigger fans of Hangman Page than I, but I want Swerve to go over because I I just think he's. Um... He'd be a fresh person to inject um, as a, a TV challenger, maybe even a pay-per-view challenger at full gear. So I'll be rooting for Swerve to uh, get the win tomorrow. Wow. Wow. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Eric Eric can be, uh, can be effective. Hey. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, I mean, I think Swerve deserves the win as well. I mean, a long time coming. So, all right, Hendrick. Uh, thanks for right, well, thanks for on in. Go catch some more. If anything uh, super notable happens, if you go back in the arena for ROH, let us know. All right, we'll see. Sounds good. That might be an oxymoron. Super important <laughs> ROH in the same sense. Yeah, they're tor- those things are torture, man. <laughs> yeah. ROH tapings after collision. Oof, yeah. I've sat through two of them. Just brutal. Yeah. All right, if you want to uh, jump on the phone lines, we do not have anyone else who's pushed once, so you can uh, join the conversation if you wish. 347-215-8558. If you are already on hold and you want to join, push one and uh, that'll flag you on the switchboard. I want to go to Zahn's email next. He emailed Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Um, uh, an off-the-beat question here, but uh, we haven't brought up Tony Storm yet or RJ City, and Zahn does. How do you? F- uh, good evening, Wade and Eric. How do you feel about RJ City? I think his interview style and approach should be used more often on AWTV. He did a great podcast spot with Rich Fan for the Torch this year, too. I, I didn't really get RJ City at first. Um in AEW, you know, they didn't, they just sort of put him on TV like, hey, y'all know who he is because he did this and this and social media or YouTube or whatever. Like, they didn't tell you. They just sort of put him on there and he's, it had, the vibe was more interloper than professional interviewer who knows wrestling well. And that, I, I think they under, they did a poor job with him because it just felt like, oh, here's a hanger on who's going to, we're going to put on TV because what, because, because we should. And he's, 
grown on me. And I think his interaction with uh, Tony Storm tonight was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think anyone has been more convincing that he wasn't coming on to someone than RJ was to Tony Storm. And then she, of course, got got angry by that and was offended, even though she was offended by him coming on to her. You can't win because uh, she was offended that he wasn't and and just made it seem like that that not never crossed his mind. Um, I don't know how much that translates. Like, I don't know that he should just be the regular guy always interviewing people, but I'm not sure he shouldn't either. There's a distinct personality there with him that's that's different. Um, I'm pretty convinced, like, Alex Marvez isn't good in this role. Um, he's just not on camera smooth or effective and is kind of distracting. Um, I don't say that with any malice. I've known Alex for 35 years. But I just don't think being the interviewer, and I think his acting is terrible, and he doesn't carry himself with much dignity, although it's been better lately. Um, but RJ, just there's a charm and an energy and 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 exuberance is overstating it but there's a sort of a joy of of what he's doing that he brings to it and then just a knowledge and a professionalism and a smoothness so i'm, I'm still not 100 sure how to use him but I, I did enjoy him with tony storm in these segments and maybe they can build on that eric where are you on rj um i have mixed feelings about him i like him on twitter right he's a seems to be a funny guy i actually listened to the rich fan podcast and remember it um it was about as niche as you get the podcast, but it was funny, right? They're, they're both, they were both witty. Um, I don't like RJ city on the pre-show because I think the goal of a pre-show should be to sell the pay-per-view. And truthfully, I'd rather have matches than RJ city on, on the pre-show. Um, what what does RJ do that doesn't sell the show? He's just not super serious. He's sticky. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought you were getting at. Yeah maybe more attention on himself than the matches trying to get himself over more than the matches. Um, the Tony storm thing. It's weird because I should hate that. Right. It's, but it's so bizarre. Like it's sticky and it's WWE, but it's so weird and different than anything else on wrestling television that I'm sort of just, I, I don't want to say like a train wreck, but like I can't look away. Like I'm interested to see it every week. I don't want to fast forward or or flip the channel. Um, I think RJ City, if I'm not mistaken, is working on with Tony Storm on this particular gimmick and and maybe this helping produce the skits. I think I've read that somewhere. Um, and it would you know you'd need a deep knowledge of like 40s 50s Hollywood, <laughs> which I think RJ probably has. Um, Old timey movie stars to pull this off and Tony storm is just going for it so much that it shouldn't really work. Like I can't stand the MJF that, that that's get Wednesday with MJF and Adam Cole fishing and they, they catch the big show, right? Captain Insano. I, I hated that. Like I was mad. I was mad at it. I hated it so much. The Tony storm thing is sort of like similar, but yet I just have a little bit of a soft spot for it. Um, and I don't know why. Uh, just, I, I think it's just it, Tony Storm is just going for it in such a major way. I don't know what that's going to do to her when she tries to not do that gimmick anymore. But um, she might never snap out of it. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly would be a choice. I, I don't know how. You know, does it have legs? How far can you take this? Who knows? They've dragged out this bloodline storyline for three and a half years in WWE, and it was boring until Sami Zayn got involved. Uh, so you know, anything's possible in wrestling today. <laughs> Yeah, you got to get your bloodline dig in. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, 
the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. Um... All right. Uh, also, number two, what do you think about Tony Khan's choice to put Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in collision this week instead of Dynamite? I'd say it could be a good way to get last-minute pay-per-view buys and help with the show's ratings. I'm not sure how it helps with the show's ratings. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, oh, Kenny and Jericho are in the ring. Everyone tune in. But I'm not quite sure that's like The Rock on SmackDown with a million people tuning in for that. Um, but I, I guess I just wish they would have told this story over more weeks and... Done more. I thought the first backstage interview with Omega was like, where's he been for the last four years, three years? Like, just pedestrian, ordinary promos where you just are connecting with the audience, just talking about the match and seeming like you're you're invested in your your situation and what's coming up next and allowing people to get to know you. I mean, Omega has ridden this wave of best bout machine and you know, kind of like Kevin Kelly coming in and why well, that's a bad comparison because Kelly sucked and Omega is really good at wrestling <laughs> um, and, and was from the beginning and has worked through injuries that, you know, in retrospect, it's even more admirable what he's been able to do in the ring. But he hasn't been like that centerpiece personality and he hasn't developed into one and he needed reps and he needed to connect with a whole new audience. And like so many of AW's star, you know, kind of non-XWB stars, there was sort of a, a a lack of a realization that like they're on national cable now and this company needs more fans than they already have and they need to act like they haven't arrived but they've got a lot to prove and a whole new fan base to build and i've never sensed that with kenny i've never sensed it's crossed his mind i've sensed that he thought you know he was a legend it's made and everyone should do the work to point eyeballs at him and finally like tonight it was it's the most pedestrian basic thing he's ever done in aw probably it wasn't goofy it wasn't distinctive it wasn't meta it wasn't inside jokey but it worked for me uh, and and i liked it um and i just want more of that from same thing from the bucks and same thing from hangman just give these regulars these aw originals so to speak a chance just do basic stuff it's like going to the gym and just doing arm curls and bench press it's like you just do it because it pays off over time not instantly and they should be doing that more often i mean Probably nobody else thought that watching Kenny than me, but um, but it struck me as like do, he should be doing that every week um, and just connecting with the fans about what his storyline is. But I grew up with that style of wrestling, and I know it can work. Um, and 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 I know people will look forward to hearing from their favorites every week in in, a, in an interview that doesn't have to be a twelve minute production with a ring entrance and and standing in the middle of the ring. Um, Eric, any any thoughts on that? Your sort of AEW long dislike of the elite is. Has always confounded me. I mean, I, is so there Eric, room for I, so I'm going to cut you off. Is there room no. for improvement? Yes. I, but, just, it's just not your cup of tea. No, fine. no, no. But don't don't frame it as just like I want the merits of my argument to be what you respond to, not make it sound personal because it's not. There's people I like who I criticize, and there's people I don't like who I praise, and I actually take offense to that phrasing. And you are better with words than that. Well, dis, dislike of of the elite's act. You know, I don't. I don't think anything I said means it's personal. Like you don't like okay. Kenny o, Ke, Tyson Smith or. Uh, 
whatever well, it's, the Young when you Bucks say your, your dislike of them makes it seem like I'm looking, I'm fishing for ways to bury them without merit. And I just think I made an argument for you know a couple minutes that pointed out where I think Kenny could have created new, created an, a larger fan base by putting in the work and compared it to doing bench presses and, and curls. It's not exciting, but it's what wrestlers who want to expand their audience do to connect with the crowd. Respond to that, not a broad generalization that I think is inaccurate that I don't like them. I'm being critical of how they haven't grown their audience. All I think they're trying to to get across is I think you are a lot lower on the elite, Kenny and the Bucks, than most people in wrestling. I think most people in wrestling have coddled them to the point that they have failed to expand their audience so that their immense talent and marketability can be fully realized. I am probably a bigger fan of them than the people who think are settling for their mediocre effort for three years, other than when they put on a big match every few months. I don't disagree that the uh, Kenny certainly could have had room for improvement. The, The Kenny I wanted existed for maybe two or three weeks right after he won the belt from Moxley and Callis turned and they were doing the, yes. what was called the Heenan Bockwinkle uh, <laughs> team. Uh, yep. And, uh, and then that just sort of disappeared. Um, yep. uh, I prefer serious Kenny to the total goofball that I see on BTE where he's drinking liquid out of a Pepsi bottle the week after CM Punk is fired and that becomes a minor blip on wrestling social media um, and his goofiness. I, I certainly prefer that. I preferred, you know, I, you notice the better Kenny promo was the pre-tape and the yes. one that was a little rougher was the one in the ring. Um, and I guess if we were, if we were suggesting Kevin Kelly should work on learning what the moves are, mm-hmm. perhaps, um, you know, Kenny and the Bucks could have figured out four years into uh, how to do a better live promo. Why do you hate right? them so much, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kenny. Um, it, it, I did like that Jericho was making, and Kenny, I think, too. Jericho in the ba- in the pre-tape and Kenny in the ring, they were making fun of, the, I mean, Jericho literally said, can they coexist, right? They were sort of taking apart that trope a little bit, I yeah. thought. We're not here. We're not here for a, uh, a long time. We're here for a good time, right? We're, we're not here to win the tag belts. We're just here because we both hate Don Callis. It's good to have clearly signal your motivations, right? Um, and and cover for the fact that they have, you know, been in a feud for all of, you know, even before AEW started when they were, you know, in early twenty January twenty eighteen at the Tokyo Dome. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, so where were we? Were we talking? So no, I, I like that too. What I was like the question. What was? Um... Well, I, I'll comment on what you just said first. Kenny saying we're not friends. That's not what this is about. This is about us having a common enemy and Don Callis. It, it, again, I wish that's a story that they told for the last three, four weeks. Like I think they could have really covered that, where you can like both guys if you're a fan of Kenny and a fan of Chris. You don't even have to choose. You don't choose sides between them, but they're coexisting in a leery way, knowing hey, we're different people. We're not, you know, what did Kenny was a little too cutesy about? Like, he's not going to invite me to his birthday party or something like that. Um, but that's Kenny, you know, and if he had done reps for four years, he'd be better at that now and, and have refined his character a little bit better. But the, the point was there, which is we're not going to be best friends. You're not going to find us hanging out, you know, after the show at IHOP. But we have a common enemy and we're talented and we're professionals. And it doesn't even have to portend a turn. Like you can actually do that and have it be one of those exceptions that doesn't lead to some a breakup or some, you know, silly misunderstanding that you know nobody buys is real. And they just do coexist for a common purpose. And 
it works, you know. I mean, I thought it was a little silly when they did a double team spot and they looked at each other like, whoa, we were able to execute a suplex together and not turn on each other. I thought that was a little overplayed in kind of a corny way, but that is the story they're telling. I think they could have told that a little bit better, but, you know, it is pro wrestling and things are sometimes overacted, but I still think dialing that down slightly would have been better. Let us figure it out. Don't just throw it in our face and in a cheesy way, but it's a good story to tell, and yeah, but I mean, I had high hopes. I first the first time I ever heard anyone compare Kenny and Callis to uh, Bachwinkle and Heenan was me bringing it up to Tony Schiavone when I interviewed him before uh, on on the show before that, and I don't think Tony was super familiar with Bachwinkle actually, which is a little surprising. Um, but uh, but yeah, I had high hopes for them, and I thought that was good. But I want Kenny to be. You can be a goof behind the scenes. It doesn't mean you have to be a, a, a weirdo goof on the air. Um, be the 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 legend and carry yourself with you know a little more a little more luthez and a little less miz i don't know <laughs> i just said miz and kenny in the same sense i was trying to think of a better example but you know just carry yourself like you want to be taken seriously and that you're a serious person and kenny just doesn't often come across as a serious person and my i i think people who who give him a pass because they like how many stars he gives them on big matches are, are not serving him as well as somebody like me who has been uh, it consistently critical because he's been consistently underperforming at expanding AEW's audience with his talents. Fat lot of good that's done in these four years, Wade. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's not my. Saying, I mean, I'm not a. Yes, ser- you're still saying the same thing, I guess. I'm not four the years a- in and, and he hasn't changed. So. I'm not. I, my 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 job performance is not based on on whether I am effectively causing change. Um, I my my hopefully my uh my, the integrity of what I do is based upon uh not giving up and just letting something get baked in as inevitable and calling it out. Um, you know, regardless of whether it's been going on for four years or or two weeks. Um. So yeah. t- so tomorrow there's a six-man tag uh, that'll add Ibushi to the face side and Osprey to the heel side. And I'm I'm scratching my head at what the finish is. O- Omega has lost twice to Takeshita to, to get him over. So you don't want Omega to lose again, probably. And you you don't want Takeshita to take the fall because you've just spent time having him win, you know, to get two wins over Omega. Um, Jericho is forever losing. Uh, Osprey's not losing because, you know, he's in New Japan. They probably come into AEW next year. Um, you would think Sammy might be the one to take the fall, except he just turned and you kind of, you almost need to have him win the fall to sort of, if you're trying to establish him at a higher level and not just pin eater for the Don Callis family, you know, have him win or at least not take the fall. So I, I'm looking at my former you know, heart, heart, emoji, heart, eye emoji guy, Kota Ibushi, mm-hmm. who just has been underwhelming in his return after, you know, nearly two years off. Uh, do, you, Ibushi should lose and Ibushi should put younger wrestlers in AEW over, especially probably for how much they're paying him. But in a six man tag, is that the best use of this, you know, special attraction star? I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you think the finish is? Who, who, scores the win and who takes the fall yeah i was was reading uh javier machado's uh pay-per-view primer on pwtorch.com everybody check it out javier does a great job uh with these and his uh prediction was the callus family should win this to solidify their presence at the top of the card you know they, they they drew attention to omega losing um and two two matches to two of these men do you just have him lose to the third and make that a story and try to get Sammy more over and let Sammy have 
a breaking point that he won't shut up about, kind of like, you know, Jericho beating The Rock and Steve Austin one night? Yeah, I mean, I personally don't I like Sammy the least out of these six wrestlers, yeah. so I'm all for him looking at the lights, but I don't think that's best for business if you exactly. have plans yeah. to, to establish him. And I have to think, you put him with Don Callis because Don can talk for him, right? Um, not that Sammy's not Sammy's a better promo as a heel than a face, but but still not, you know, A-level promo at this point in his career. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the finish is. Um, so, J- so wait, when they, in that Singles match, Jericho pins Sammy, right? Yes. I believe at, at Arthur Ashe. So then that would dictate, 50-50 booking would dictate Sammy gets the win over Jericho. Maybe Jericho's protected with help from you know, Don Callis and the screwdriver or, or whatever it is. So maybe that's the way they'll go. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. What do you think of the screwdriver as a weapon? Like, why why not make it like a, a, a cordless electric drill and just gouge people's eyeballs out? I mean, if you're going to use a screwdriver, why stop there? It's like uh, Triple H's sledgehammer back in the day, right? You can't actually use a sledgehammer because you'll kill somebody. Yeah. You can't actually stab someone through their skull with a screwdriver because you'll kill them. Um, I, I guess what I like about it the most is that it's, there's been a consistency to it going back almost a year now when the screwdriver was introduced in the Lucha Brothers versus Elite Six-Man series after the Elite came back from their suspension following Brawl Out. Um, so, so I guess I like that AEW has followed through on something and, and kept it consistent for this long of a period of time, even if the actual weapon might not be the most believable. But, you know, wrestling has a long history of unbelievable weapons. Like, I assume Abdullah the Butcher wasn't actually stabbing people with a fork in the 70s. Maybe he was, and that's why they were bleeding, but I, I assume that they would, you know, he wasn't really stabbing But even a fork, a just, fork yeah. like, I, like, a fork, you're like, stop doing if you're the promoter you're like stop doing that abdullah but if you introduce a screwdriver it's like okay no one buys it because it's just like that would gore someone it's just like i don't know i it's just yeah in his sledgehammer is a good example i mean you know he never he'd wind up to swing it and you know he wasn't going to swing it because it would be you know someone's head would explode like a watermelon so he'd always have to jab people with the butt of it with his hand covering it and so anytime he wound up to swing it it's like you expect me to care i know it's not going to happen it's just, it's not going to happen. It's it. So stop pretending that's a dramatic moment when you never use it that way. Um, with a screwdriver, it's just like, 
we know like there's no way Tony Khan would let that happen. If there's like you just have to have some sort of internal idea if you're Tony Khan of what you as a as a as the face of the company promoter would tolerate and allow. And there should be some like logical parameters of what would get someone fired and it should be things that are so outside the bounds of of the stipulation of the match. Um and things that are deadly that you'd get arrested for. Well, I get, there's a lot happens in wrestling ring that you get arrested for. So that's maybe not the best example. But um, yeah, it just, it just seems silly. It's just like, hey, no one's ever thought of using a screwdriver before. No, a lot of people have thought of it. They just realize it's a dumb thing to introduce into, into wrestling because it's not believable that that would be something you should get away with using time after time. So just because no one's done it before doesn't mean you're, you're a genius for thinking of it. It's maybe a lot of smart people decided against it. Where were you on Hangman Page stabbing Swerve with the pen on Wednesday's Dynamite? I, w- I wouldn't have included it because it felt like more of a distraction. Um, but it's not, you know, the same thing. But, I mean, a lot of nerve endings in hands. And his, his hand should have just been, like, stuck to the to the mat. But if it was, like, you know, this this plastic pen and it, and it sort of broke when he stabbed him and it just hurt and punctured the skin a little. I mean, I, I can buy into that more. Um but, it, you know, sometimes it's just, yeah, they do things for, like, the, the sugar rush shock value, and they don't think about the, the ramifications. Same thing with, you know, I'm going to kill you. It's like, well, no, 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 you're not. So stop saying things you're not going to do because now you've said something you're not going to do. As, you know, Scott Holt told me that in a torch talk once, and it just stuck with me, and I've referred to it a lot. He's like, no, you're not. So don't say things you're not going to do. It doesn't help sell the match. It makes you look like it, it sets the bar so high. Now we know you're not going to do what you promised. And people go, oh, it's just figurative. Well, yeah, but be more artful. Your, your job is to sell a match, not by using the most exaggerated, violent terms you can, but to say something that feels believable enough, it resonates with fans and makes them fear for it. She got on Casey when he's fighting, speaking to Nick Bockwinkle, and turned Bockwinkle temporarily babyface. He didn't threaten to, to, to behead Nick Bockwinkle after he beat him because no one believed that was going to happen. He said he was going to take the title back to the Middle East. And people feared that would happen. I did. So say things that are believable and scary. Don't th- say things that are not going to happen as, as, as a desperate, hacky way to try to sell a match. And I see the screwdriver is kind of hacky. Ten-year-old Wade was such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the she. I Seriously, he's scared. His facial expressions. I've never been more scared as a fan than the, <laughs> the now late Sheik and NL Casey. When he first came in and he did the, the octopus, the abdominal stretch where he'd lift up on the leg also. And, I man, yeah. All right, I don't want to have nightmares. Um, back to Azan. Number three, I feel good about tomorrow's pay-per-view after watching tonight, but one thing bugs me. And all AW fans, why the righteous? The kingdom was right there and fit the story so much better. So I've answered this before, um, or we in, in different podcast scenarios. They have bigger plans for the kingdom. The, the righteous are there to just be on a you know a match with ton, a card with tons of matches, and I think we have to wait you know at at least a couple weeks before we see things but they're not ready to do a bluff there's a there's a particular reason they want the righteous probably to win under these circumstances and take the belts out of the picture and they want the kingdom to stay on aew proper and feud with them and they don't want the belts to be in the mix so the righteous get a prominent position for a few weeks on aw tv take the belts back to roh and then um the kingdom can be in a, a longer term more significant more significant feud after the fact that's that's my thinking eric I assume MJF retains because otherwise your world champion is losing to like two guys who are like ROH, you know. But it depends on the context. It's a two. No, and I get that. I'm not really it up by any means. I could totally see 
the story continuing with MJF with the belts. But this, this to me, and I've heard the counter-argument, but I think this to me feels like the escape hatch to get those damn belts off of Harwich and Cole since Cole is going to be out of action for a while and MJF's a world champion and it just doesn't make sense for him to keep the title. And so in a two-on-one match where perhaps the kingdom get involved, um, you know, yes, I mean, you obviously, if you're going to have your world champion win secondary tag team titles... And then your partner gets hurt. You you might have to do something you wouldn't have wanted to do in order to um, get the belts off of him. But I just don't think he should be carrying around half of the RH table. No, he could retain the title and Tony Khan just announces, hey, your partner's out of action. We're going to have a tournament. Uh, maybe it's happening right now <laughs> at, at Climate Pledge Arena. Um, well, it wouldn't happen yet. That'd be spo- that'd be uh, spo- uh, spoiling things. It'd be uh, sp- whatever. Um but maybe soon. So maybe MJF retains, and, and they do it, and, and he just relinquishes the belts, or Tony takes them off him because Cole's injured. And that is that is an escape hatch, too. But I don't really think there's shame in MJF losing as long as there's a bunch of shenanigans and, and you know, screwdrivers to the eyeballs. Yeah, I think it's either the, the, the belts are vacated or MJF retains somehow. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole shows up and uses his crotch or, you know, whatever right, it is. Yeah. Um, I just well, obviously they had a change. I would imagine they had a change booking plans. Since exactly. Hurt his ankle. Yeah. But uh, you know, I just, I, I'm just irritated that we're spending as much time discussing an angle I just can't stand in MJF and Cole. Um, and I realize I'm in the minority, right? Because what's over is over. Although, yeah. you know, AEW, it, it's not exactly burning up the uh, box office for AEW. That's the, a, that's the thing. I, whole thing. You yeah. should not. You should not apologize for your opinion. A, because you're allowed to like. You're allowed to like or dislike things that other people feel the opposite of. I mean, it's a, it's personal taste. So, you know, no one should apologize for not liking something that the majority like. That's just silly. That's you know, you you wouldn't. If that was music, we'd all be listening to crap. Um, so. Uh, not all crap, but a lot of crap, a lot of mass marketing crap. So I think I think the I, the idea um, with the storyline is sort of how I feel about this is awesome chance. I think when you get a this is awesome chant fourteen minutes into a match, it's the crowd won the inertia of I'm at a show and I'm watching a good match and I want to I want to chant this is awesome because I'm complimenting the wrestlers and it's it's our way of you know saying bravo at a play um, or encore at a concert. It's like no, you should be wrapped up in the emotions of it where you're cheering for someone to win and booing and, and rooting for someone to lose and emotionally wrapped up in it and not thinking about match quality. If, and it's, it, I can't put it all on the wrestlers. This is 20 years in the making of, of, you know, promoters playing to a smaller and smaller slice of the audience instead of, you know, pro wrestling at its highest art form, which is getting you to buy in in the moment, the way that we do when we watch a great movie or a great TV series. We're not thinking about Emmy award performance, at least not too often. We're wrapped up in, who are they going to kill off or who's going to win this, this, this battle for power? Or is this person going to stay with this person or cheat on this person or divorce? Whatever, whatever the scenario is, you want to be so immersed in it. You're not sitting here going great acting, great script writing. And so my point is, is that this is awesome. Chant is not necessarily a sign of success. It's the reaction to a poorly promoted show that the fans are liking for the wrong reasons that ultimately doesn't draw as well as other ways of putting pro wrestling in front of an audience to sell tickets. And that's the problem with like the kangaroo kick um, is it's over crowds are reacting to it, but it's not the type of reaction that maximizes MJF's ability to sell tickets. It's a smaller crowd popping for something frivolous and fun. And maybe you do that on the undercard. Maybe you don't, but there's a lot more money to be made with MJF doing more serious things. And 
not Cole, you know, Michael Cole, or uh, excuse me, Adam Cole, you know, going, what the F when MJF says he's driving his dad's boat that he took out without his permission and overacting. I mean, it's, it's just, it's like the original Batman series where it's just add sound effects if you're going to do that and throw in the towel and draw on 10,000 people regularly. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comment section. Thank you so much. I did very much like your historical arc analysis bit of this is the culmination of 20 years of, you know, promoters and and uh, pandering to fans with card participation and that kind of thing. I definitely appreciated the Batman TV series <laughs> uh, reference since that was on syndication when I was uh, yes. a kid. I'm not so old that I was alive when it was on first run TV, nor, nor are you, as far no. as I know. Um, or the same age, bring, so if you weren't, I weren't. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I bring up that I, I bring up that I don't like the MJF Cole storyline, and I acknowledge that many people do because I feel like if I don't acknowledge that it's over in the building and that you know the majority of fans seem to like it, I feel like I am look i i lose credibility as a critic and an analyst right for not you know what are you talking about this thing is clearly over yes it's over but right my opinion is i don't like it um and i generally you know there's a uh the terry funk school of thought i think the the what's over is over right what gets over gets is over and so i i tend to be a little less stringent than some on that but um, I just I just don't like this, right? Uh, I'm not as I'm not as much of a stickler of uh, like Todd Martin from The Fix, where it, you know it has to be realistic twenty twenty four seven. I guess I'm just more of a work rate guy at heart, right? I like a good story, but I, I do work rate probably is the most important thing to me as as a fan these days, which which is probably why I'm higher on Wrestle Dream than than your average fan will be. I, I don't suspect, I think if they do a hundred thousand buys, it'll be a success. I'm, I'm not sure they'll do that. Yeah. Uh, Scott's in attendance tonight. Also, he said, we're about an hour into the ROH taping. A decent amount of the crowd has stuck around. However, the crowd is only about half the size of when dynamite was in Seattle in January, the upper deck curtained off. No one on the hard cam side. And the one merch stand has an insane line as usual. Have a great night. One merch stand. Yeah, um, at the uh, All Out weekend, they did, which was at the United Center, they did the um, Wednesday Dynamite out in Hoffman Estates, where the first All In was and where All Out used to be until this year. They had one merch stand, but given that they only had about slightly over 3,000 people, I think, in the building, it wasn't uh, that big of a deal. I mean, I guess they're doing it to, to justify, which, which uh, again is always weird because of the direct, you know, the way AEW gets dismissed as a t-shirt company. They're not actually that good at selling t-shirts, ironically. Yeah, yeah. I just is Tony Khan think it's small ball or is it passive aggressive <laughs> against the Bucks in a way that he's uh, doesn't even realize or, or or what? Yeah, it 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 does it does seem uh, strange. Uh, David Bryant, who does the uh, PW Torch 
pwtorch.com hits and misses on collision uh, message and said, there is no amount of interference that would not make MJF look weak if he loses those titles. He is, in theory, the best in the entire world. If they win, it should be via outside interference by a gun. (laughs) So there's a case to be made for MJF not taking a pin to the righteous under any circumstances unless he is shot in the head. I mean, no, and, and, and... I, I I understand that I I am open to them telling that story, but I I get I get the pushback on the idea that even though it's two on one, um, MJF shouldn't be losing. I think if MJF does the job, and it's because Adam Cole seems like he's at you know he's at ringside on crutches, seems like he's there to help, but that's the moment he turns. Um, you know, if if it's if it's the big climax of a story, then does that work eric uh, not that i'm saying you would recommend that, that that happening at this point but if it is where cole breaks up the the friendship and betrays mgf and interferes with a crutch or not a gun but something else and uh can mgf recover from that or or do you suddenly go well the righteous vincent should be getting a title shot on the next pay-per-view because of it um i've thought that the roh tag titles were just sort of being used as a prop and a plot device for the whole storyline and that they just legitimately don't really matter that much yeah and I think that's the case. If I were going, if you know, to me, the big Adam Cole heel turn should be him taking the actual belt that matters off MJF, right? If they were going to go that route, um, which who knows what the plan, you know, who knows what the original plan was? Who knows, you know, if they, did they change the all in London finish to continue the storyline? Probably, it, it would seem. Um, but yeah, the payoff should be, at, you know, in theory, Adam Cole, I was never your friend, right? You know, if you're going to do the sort of bloodline Roman Reigns mid-match soliloquy uh, kind of thing that, like, they've been doing, dialogue in the middle of a match for some reason, because, you, you know, you need to explain it to the fans, um, heighten the betrayal, right? Adam Cole standing, the, the ref is down, Adam Cole's got the belt and he's, he does a big speech as MJF is on his knees and then he waffles him with the belt and wins the title, right? That would be high drama. That would be a, a good use of a belt as a prop. The ROH tag titles, you know, mm-hmm. kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Eric, let's uh, do a, a quick uh, rundown of WrestleDream. I'm going to throw to you just for a few sentences on each what you think of the match and what you think the finish ought to be or will be or both. Uh, we'll start with uh, Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I assume Danielson goes over there. Uh, he's in Seattle. Um, I think Danielson is probably getting his rematch against uh, Kazuchika Okada in New Japan at, um, at Russell Kingdom in early January, January 4th, and that Danielson will return the favor to Okada in his home promotion and home country. Uh, that would argue keeping Danielson strong until then, so I assume Danielson will win a an excellent match if you are into mat work. All right, uh, Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland, we heard from you earlier. Um, sum that up again or add anything else? Yeah, I think um, Swerve is new and fresh at the top of the card if they want to put him there. I would. I'd, I'd have him win here and uh, setting him up as the number one contender to um, to MJF. And I'd, I'd fit him in, you know, could be as early as title Tuesday. There's going to be uh, a, a baseball playoff a uh, week from not, not this coming week, but the following week uh, where 
AEW is on Tuesday, head-to-head with NXT instead of Wednesday. So you could do that match there. Or at uh, Full Gear on November 18th. And Hangman, for, you know, I think I've heard you or Todd or both mention, you know, if, if Hangman's truly, you know, down on his luck, you know, down in the dumps or whatever and trying to recover, why would you give him the victory that quickly, right? Shouldn't he suffer a little bit more? That that would make more sense logically from a booking perspective. Yeah. All right, uh, we already talked about it, but we'll get past these we already talked about. Uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kotobushi against Takeshita, Osprey, Sammy. Um, any final thoughts on what they should do and will do? Um, I think Sammy gets his win back over Jericho now that we've talked that through. All right. Then uh, MJF, Vincent, and Dutch. We talked about that so recently. We'll skip that. Uh, Christian and Darby. Uh, Darby's got a win. Main event. Best of three falls. Is it 2-1? to one? Is it 2-0? Or do they go with uh, a surprising finish and have Christian retain? And if Christian loses, is, should it be Luchasaurus finally turning on him? Or do you delay that and let Darby just get a clean win? Um, they don't seem to have built up the Luchasaurus turning because he's, I mean, Luchasaurus sat there and took it the whole time when he was the champion and, and Christian was carrying her on the belt. So if they do, I think you would understand why Luchasaurus finally just mad, but I don't think they've planted the seeds well enough to do that yet. And, uh, Chris, yeah, Adler- and- oh, good. Does does Adam Copeland debut? I guess is the big question. Hang it, to to close out the show is is yeah. Adam Copeland the closing shot? Maybe having made the save for Darby, or if he's a heel, uh, standing tall with Christian over Darby. Do you want Adam Copeland getting in this? Getting involved in this? I I don't think he's a worthwhile signing because I don't think he's a difference mover, and um, I think WWE has run in WWE, including where they had to bring in Brian Danielson to save that WrestleMania main event against Roman. Uh, proves that, but um, I'm not the son of a billionaire uh, with unlimited money to spend. So if Tony who Khan has a, a soft that, spot for that era, yeah, yeah. If Tony Khan wants to do that, fine. It's you know, ho- hopefully Christian was not a great signing at first, but has certainly earned his money since then. Yeah, uh, unlike say Big Show, Paul White, and uh, Mark Henry. So yeah. um, as far as we can tell on camera, yeah, I, I think it should be Darby's night, and if he wins, it should be about him. And it's it's if. If Copeland isn't showing up, or even if he is, it just it takes away from something. You know, Sting already or Darby already has Sting. He doesn't need another legend in Copeland to be his big buddy. Um, I would do something completely different with Copeland than have him do the obvious thing. I don't think it's a disaster if they do it, but I my preference would be make it about Darby and let Darby win and let it let him celebrate in the ring and let that be enough. Longing for some nostalgia. Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Uh, Chris Statlander and Julia Hart. Uh, Statlander just, I want her to be better than she is on the mic and in terms of her character. And I just thought she was like Wheeler Yuta-esque in her promo tonight. Um, You know, I'm going to beat you. And it's just, it was just, 
it's just not good. Her instincts, her natural charisma isn't there. It needs work. And this was a step back tonight, in my opinion. Um, there's, a, there's, you know, there's something there to build on with her. And, and I get why they're trying to go with it. It doesn't help that, you know, the, the, the stench of the best friend's cornball gimmick um, is there. But it just, it just feels like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be too too hard on it, but man, I didn't think it was a good promo tonight. Eric, what, what about you? Uh, Statlander felt more over before her last serious knee injury than she does in her comeback, um, which is unfortunate because she got the big rub of defeating the undefeated Jade uh, Cargill uh, before she left uh, twice. Yeah. And so um, you'd, you'd think that would be a catapult. I assume she wins this match. It's a weird match from a work standpoint because you have a – Julie Hart is so small and Statlander is so big in comparison that it's going to be weird to do the heel, you know, the the regular psychology of of a heel getting a lot of offense uh, in a match and and Statlander having to sell for the much smaller Julia Hart. Um, But I assume Statlander goes over to continue her run here. The word bitch has a specific, you know, like definition in a in a slang way. And it's it's like to me when I hear everybody call each other that like when a guy says it to another guy it has a little more sting because it has a female mm-hmm. connotation to it, but when women just call each other that, I mean it's not as bad as when you know Impact Wrestling TNA they all the women are calling each other skanks every week on TV, but it's so unoriginal and you're saying it like you're packing this extra punch, but what you're doing is you're say, calling someone a jerk because that's how the word is used colloquially now it's like you're you're a bitch you're a bitch and you're a jerk. Um, and but it doesn't have a sting to it. It just seems like you have no originality, but you think you're saying something that's going to cause people to go ooh. And if no one ever said it, that'd be one thing. But the fact that everybody says it all the time makes it even less effective. And to me, when I hear someone call it, call themselves that, especially the women, I, I just think you couldn't have put less time and effort into developing your communication skills and picking up better words than that. I think bitch is remains over in the broader pop culture and uh you know has the ooh uh, aspect if someone says it on a playground and so um I, I would change it up a little but i understand why they do it right they do it because it works um even if is it, ever, is, it are, who, is it most often the best option um i mean i'm all for variety and not repetition but that's because i mostly communicate via the writing medium where you know repetition is unless you're doing it for effect is generally not encouraged because it it gets redundant in the in the reader's brain um i don't know i guess it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you and i bet it doesn't bother anybody under the age of like 40 would be my guess yeah and it's it's not again it's not about being bothered well i guess i'm bothered by it but i'm not worried about people being bothered by it i'm worried about it it losing its edge and being used as this sort of catch-all of I'm going to be edgy by doing what everybody else is doing. And, you know, the delivery matters, the context matters. What makes Julia Hart a bitch? Like, is, does it, does it actually, or are you really just doing it for the cheap heat of, oh my God, that's the, it's the, the most, it, it's like the, the edgiest word I'm allowed to say on TV. So I'm just going to say it to prove that I'm as edgy as everybody else. I mean, I think the much more effective word in this specific case would be witch, because Julia Hart literally comes across like a witch in her <laughs> yeah. ring, in her ring yeah. entrance, yeah, and spraying the mist. Yeah. But she goes, uh, she goes, Julia, you're a bitch, and you're no match for Chris Statlander. And then she did the third person, and I'm just like, dub- I had to double eye roll um, on that one. So I don't know. I 
just raise your game, people. Uh, all right, then the the four way uh, tag match: uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook, uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix, the Guns, and the Bucks. Winner gets a future AW World Tag Team Championship match. Although I'm sure before the winner of this match gets one, there'll be two teams with losing records with no uh, backstory at all getting tag team title shots first. Open challenge. Um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, An open challenge for a title opportunity. Um, <laughs> so I guess, I to me, this one ties into the d- result of FTR and Aussie Open, right? Naturally, this is less so in AW, but generally speaking, booking 101 would be, if FTR wins, you would want a heel team to win, which I guess would be the guns, but they've done that already. Um, if Aussie Open wins, you could have a babyface team, which would argue for luchas or the bucks although my guess is phoenix is the international champion uh, due to moxley's audible and injury so that's not likely do you want to go do you I, you know i don't know that we've have we seen aussie open in the bucks maybe they did like a, a throwaway match over the summer but if aussie open holds the gold you know do you want to go to the bucks that quickly or do you want to just you want to build that up for i guess you build that up for um full gear and it would be a great you know in-ring match hook and orange i f- i don't get the sense so far that i mean they haven't given them a bunch of tag team wins right yeah. or maybe they give them one um remains to be seen whether they'll be together so uh i guess i would want to see who wins f although this match will go on first right be- before the ftr open match so not necessarily um, they could open with a, the tag team title match i mean it's not Tony Khan's way usually, but it's there's a lot of matches on the show, a lot of titles, and I wouldn't rule it out, especially storyline wise. If they if they want Aussie Open to win first, it opens up the door for Cassidy and Hook or the Bucks, especially to win. But if if Aussie Open end up with end up with AW tag belts, they're they're a rising act in AEW, but they're not as established as a top act. And then if you add Orange Cassidy and Hook who are a new team, I think the AW tag belt sort of feel like they did with, with the acclaimed, which is, well, the fans are into them, but it doesn't feel top level because they just didn't do an, enough to give them top level opponents either. Cause the guns weren't at that level yet either. So, but I don't know that Tony's super worried about the tag division at the top, always feeling as important as the world title, the singles title. I mean, I assume the guns are eating the pin here. I just don't know. And I, assume it would be the bucks or hook and orange would be my my guess although they yeah. just did ftr and the bucks again um, that's a thing the yeah. weird thing we one of the weird things we didn't talk about was the finish to the main event so ftr bald dax jobs yeah. to big bill and ricky it Shouldn't, almost looked like an accident I mean, <laughs> like it almost looked like yeah, the ref counted like, three and there was supposed to be a breakup yeah and uh you know ftr gun cat uh gun charge guy uh cash was like, did he miss breaking up the pin? And Aubrey, after seeing how much heat Rick Knox got yep. uh, in the in the Phoenix Phoenix Moxley match, yep. did she just call it as a shoot? Which is how she should be calling it, right? The yeah, ref should be calling it as a shoot. Um, or otherwise, otherwise, what are we doing? Um, but it seems like logical booking. If you're going to do that, you know, WWE style, Aussie Open should have gotten the win to like I know. further establish them. Uh, and I I just assume Wheeler Yuta was eating the pin here, n- no matter who it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there was a screw up at the end or not, but but by rights now, if FTR retains, uh, Big Bill and and Ricky Stark should get the next title shot because they pin the champs. Um, yep. I am, you know, I'll I'll just hit FTR and Aussie Open since we're on the topic. I am so looking forward to this match, possibly 
probably more than Danielson, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I, they made the top five of my matches of the year last year for their uh, New Japan match in London at uh, Royal Quest 2, I think. They had like a plus, a, a match north of 30 minutes that was just great back and forth, you know, reminded you of the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express or Midnight Express Fantastics back in the day. Uh, back in the 80s, late 80s. Um, so I don't know that they'll be given north of 30 minutes on this pay-per-view, given that there's 10 matches on, on the main card. But um, I would... Punk's gone, so I would think it's easier to have book Aussie Open winning over FTR. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I can't remember who won the match in London, but uh, you know could, could also argue for a, getting a win back. I just wish Aussie Open didn't lose to... Um, Adam Cole and MJF and Jericho and Sammy. Uh, I think that undercuts their credibility as a as a tag team title th- threat. But they are a great uh, so far untapped potential in uh, in AEW. So I, I'm yeah. hoping for Aussie Open to win, but I legitimately don't know who's going to win. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I suspect we'll hear something about the finish of that main event. Uh, but yeah, Cash didn't look disappointed to lose a match. He looked pissed off that his save wasn't seen as enough of a save to break up the cover. If that's the case, purely speculative, you got to be better about breaking up covers. Like it's, it's, you know, it's another one of my pet peeves. But you don't break up a pin by hitting the person on the back who's covering. You you break up a pin by taking the leverage off the person making the pin, so the person underneath can actually lift their shoulder. The ref should not be stopping their count because two people are stacked on top of someone whose shoulders are down instead of just one. Even if one of those people is the partner of the person whose shoulders are pinned down, a breakup should break up the cover, and the person underneath the pin should lift their shoulder. And so make sure that you're there on time um, for that every time and make it look more real. You mean uh, just slapping the person on the back is not enough to make the save, Wade? No, and piling on top of them isn't either. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> that makes it harder to kick out. Um, so, yeah, just it, it's just there's there's things that have just been whittled down from credible to just going going through the motions. It's like, you know, Jericho's bad habit over the decades of soft whips into the ropes. You know, it's like, well. Do it in Mexico. Nobody cares. So I'm just going to do soft whips on the ropes. Why is the guy running the ropes? It's a bad enough move and you whip someone hard. Why make it look 10 times faker by just guiding them? And then they just, they have to do all the running themselves. There's so many things that are just sloppy that can get cleaned up and make everything just more immersive and breaking up covers by really breaking them up, physically breaking them up, t- just charging into someone and r- knocking them off of their, off of your partner is the way to do it. And it's just, it's, it's lazy and nobody even thinks about it anymore. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Um... Ricky Starks with Ayuda. Um, Starks is over here, right here. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, rehab win for for Ricky, much like uh, Andrade got one over Juice tonight. Uh, we had uh, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn promoting their uh, their trails title match, and somebody was singing at the end, and another guy says, "You're making us look like nerds," and I was like, "Yep, um, that's not the way to introduce challengers to the the titles that do not deserve to be on, uh, do not need to even exist." Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the only suspension in this one is what will Max Caster say in his rap in Seattle. Yeah, this match does not need to be on the show. Uh, but there's something for everyone, says Kevin, Kevin Kelly or Nigel, one of them. So there's something for everybody on this Zero Hour show. Then uh, Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne. Um, that should be, I mean, I guess that's appealing enough to try to get some people to tune in. You know, is poor, poor Nick Wayne going to take a beating of Luchasaurus? But, um, and it might have, you know, there might be a little backstory. Maybe there's a double turn. Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne double turn, and that leads to the, to, uh, the finish somehow some way um nick wayne turns on darby but then luchasaurus doesn't like that and because he wasn't told ahead of time and then he helps darby win i don't know i think you've given that a lot more thought than anybody in AEW has i it's just the the size clash luchasaurus has to win squashing the kid in his hometown but the kid will probably just be happy to get on a show in his you know his general geographic area yeah uh, anything else you want to bring up from... Uh, well, res- I, I what, don't what? think we talked about Eddie Kingston and Shibata. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Um, and I assume Eddie Kingston retains here, and this is one of his dream matches. He probably has to come up with a different finisher than a power bomb that he used to, to beat Claudio, or the back fist hitting uh, uh, Shibata in the, fa- in the head, because you're supposed to avoid headshots to Shibata, which are, would argue for why is he in the ring, but there we are mm. um uh, yeah i assume eddie kingston retains and then they the two matches they added tonight josh barnett versus claudio <laughs> to the pre-show i assume claudio wins that uh it'll be great so. jo- josh barnett do a job just yeah. because i'm sure he's the kind of guy who doesn't like doing those kind of things as a former ufc fighter and then the most bizarre thing i i missed it during the rundown because the rundown was like 15 minutes long tonight um of all the various matches and all the various shows but there's a mixed tag eight person tag with shane taylor lee moriarty mercedes martinez and diamante yes, that's right S- yep. satoshi kojima you know new japan uh former new japan uh champion i think and and legend for sure uh keith lee athena and billy starks now that match is just for the six thousand subscribers or whatever it is who watch ring of honor every week the 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 tv show um because that's where a lot of these storylines uh are coming from i think (laughs) and i thought athena was a heel on ring of honor so I don't understand. Billy Starks was like, she was trying to turn Billy Starks heel, but Billy Starks doesn't want to do bad things. Um, I don't actually watch Ring of Honor, although I might watch it if it ends up on the streaming service. So that's just a weird combination. I don't know who's going to win, and I don't really care. Um, what is the new era, Wade? I guess that's a good mm-hmm. place as any to end this. Is it the announcement of a TV deal with a streaming component on Max? Is it... Uh, Adam Copeland is here. What, is what's the what's some... the original context of that phrase being introduced into the discussion and the lexicon for the show? Because it's not like a big part of the marketing. So a couple weeks ago, Tony Khan did a voiceover, like yeah. sort of introducing Wrestle Dream and what you know why it exists, basically. And he hit the line at the end, or I think at the end, that it's going to be a new era. And they have they have flicked at it 
it's more of a thing that I think um, wrestling journalists at new at you know media availabilities are, are asking about yes, than anything, yeah, just because yeah. it seems like it will be new. And Tony Khan also has sort of a mixed record, like. There was the time in, that, uh, in the maybe the March pay-per-view a couple of years ago when he announced he had signed Christian, and people were hoping for – I don't know who they were hoping for, but it was somebody a lot uh, more important than Christian, and so it was viewed as a big disappointment. And so like every time Tony Khan sort of makes the big – you know, hints at a big announcement – um, it, it, it sends the speculation meter wild and you get all sorts of clickbait sites saying all sorts of clickbait things. Um, I'm just curious, what is it going to be, right? Is it as simple as a TV deal, which is a new era for Tony Khan and his bank account, but not so much a new era for us fans right. who will continue probably watching it on Warner Brothers Discovery channels. Um, or is it more, the thing to me would be more exciting, which would be, it's some sort of payoff related to the angle that ended dynamite on Wednesday with the guys in the, in the wearing black with uh, the MJF mask. But that's awful because how would Tony Khan know that at the time he said it, if that's the payoff? Right. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be logical. (laughs) That'd be be awful. I, as a promoter, I'm going to give a catchphrase to a show based on an angle that hasn't happened yet. And I have no part in making happen in terms of the internal narrative of the show that I'm putting on. That would be the bad meta, right, Wade? <laughs> the, oh. the elusive, where is Wade on the meta? So, oh. You know, what's meta and what's not? I think everyone can know that when they see it. That's the bad type of meta um, in terms of it logically making sense. Yeah, yeah I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think the new era is going to be? I think we'll never hear about it again, and it was nothing. I think it was Really? A, I think it was a throwaway line that got way more attention. And Tony's excited that people are going to tune into the pay per view to find out what it's about, and I think he's going to no sell, and he's going to not say a thing, and then mock people for blowing it out of proportion. They haven't said anything about it on TV. Why, if it's important, why wouldn't they market it on TV beyond that? Well, they've said it's going to be it's it has been a catchphrase in the promos for the show, right? The the voiceovers and the it just. Should the there be a discussion? I mean, like, if it's really... The I announcers haven't speculated at length about what it could be, right? They haven't put stuff out there, right? To, to just, your point about it not being a focus. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a new era because it's a new pay-per-view. And we have, and we're paying tribute to Antonio Inoki. And we didn't think people would make such a big deal out of it. Like, so therefore, the announcers can't talk about it. The wrestlers can't talk about it. Tony Khan doesn't officially say, you know, he used to do big announcements and they got mocked into stopping, although he did it three times, you know, two, three times more. So it didn't seem like the mocking is what stopped him because that's human nature. Um, but, you know, it's like the words on the, the big words on screen, WWE, that people hated it, but they had to do it for four more weeks. So it didn't seem like they stopped because people hated it. I mean, I'm, I'm being slightly facetious in saying that for like almost the shock value of what it's not going to mean anything, but I honestly won't rule out if he, if he didn't really think that hard about what that catchphrase would, would lead to in terms of speculation. And now I, he did in the Q and a seem to sort of be enjoying the media asking about it. And he's saying, I'm not going to say anything because I want you guys to tune in on Sunday. But that to me is in a way going, I don't want to tell you it's nothing, but it's nothing, but by the pay-per-view, just in case it's not nothing. So I, there's a little part of me that's almost hoping for that because it's just kind of – it would teach people not to report this means AW is buying New Japan. But maybe it's a very good secret and it's going to be huge. And if so, I'd be purely speculating on it. But it better not be Adam Cole forming a new faction with with ERA in the name and Tony knew about it beforehand. 
Hmm. And it shouldn't be Adam yeah. Copeland either. That's not a new era. That's just a wrestler showing up. That's an old era, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the new um, the new era could if it's and this wouldn't even be the context to introduce like some like massive like restructuring of how AEW does title matches or introducing a new title. Like it's just it's a pay per view that's just full of matches people want to see. You don't need to add some sort of newsy like bombshell to it. And so yeah, it just seems like the words are bigger than than what possibly would make any sense to have on the show. Well, then Tony Khan, in every interview he does for the next mm-hmm. X number of weeks, if it turns out to be a giant nothing burger and it really didn't mean anything, it was just me using a throw using it as a throwaway, it's all he's going to be asked about. So, he, mm-hmm. you know. And, and what, Tony his- should, what Tony should say is he goes, he should say, yeah, I did a voiceover and I just sort of like kind of didn't think it through and just said it's going to be a new era. And we kind of like that because it's a new pay-per-view title and – We've got Japanese wrestlers on. It's a new new title in our portfolio, and I really didn't think people would run away with it. But you know, you guys did, and I'm sorry. Like that should be his answer if that's really the truth. Yeah, I feel like he will try and spin his way out of this thing because that is more his way of uh, doing things, saying a lot of words but not actually making a lot of news. But I great question, see, you know, Eric. Yes, that would be the first thing. Yeah. A great question, and then yeah. and then a big nothing nothing burger answer to match the nothing burger under your scenario. Um, People stopped saying will... nothing burger like four years ago, unless unless they're. Never mind. Go ahead. Is 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 that offend you because of your vegan nature? No, no. A vegan possible burger? Impossible. Yeah, possible burger. No, I'm not. I'm not offended. I think that I think that phrase got overused so much, like in 2000. 19 that people stopped using it in 2020 and you're the last person left got it that we I, i'm, in, I'm insulting lesson, i'm insulting a your choice of... lesson from wade keller there should that instead of <laughs> instead of just uh javier from miami getting his own song that should be a that should get its own song uh can can the torch music guy uh get on that one um no seriously yeah i i am actually uh now i'm i might more so than FTR Aussie Open, I might be looking forward to the explanation of <laughs> New Year uh, more than anything on the show, just because uh, it would be hilarious if, it, if, it, if your theory proved true. Yeah. I don't really see what else makes sense because I, even like you said, even a new TV deal, I mean, I, I will put it, no, I can't think of anything that actually will live up to the bombast and, and, and uh, bloviated nature of such a free i just don't think anything can live up to that so i mean to me a, a new era is when the outsiders debut on wcw nitro right yeah. literal new era right oh there was the before the outsiders debuted and the after and it was a completely yeah. different promotion for yes me. totally good, you, well, good and bad. maybe yeah. maybe the new eras, and this would be so meta and appropriate for AW. tony khan stepping down as booker to recharge and hiring a new booker and announcing it on the pay-per-view I, I I would love to be there. I'd, I'd pay five whole dollars for a stream of your head exploding if that <laughs> happened. Uh, it's going to be a new era in AW, as you know, as many of you know. I'm a booker of this company, besides the owner and the promoter and the guy who makes matches on the fly during shows and and tells Tony Schiavone what the new match officially is. And uh, yeah, I'm, after all these years, after on the anniversary of Dynamite, we're going to have a new booker, um, and uh, I'm excited to introduce him and then him, him or her. Um, I won't speculate on who it is, and that'd be totally the meta way to do it, too. I mean, it's just AW be so meta as to announce a booking change on TV. Oh, well, 
hopefully it's at the announcement of a new TV deal, because at least that would be a new story yeah. worth sinking your teeth into about what this means for the promotions prospects, et cetera, et cetera. I, I want the new era to be that um, there's a new rule that announcers cannot wear masks. Wow. It's like, like, let's just have this arbitrary rule. No, you can't text while driving, and pro wrestling announcers can't just wear a mask on TV. And then I see think how... the new rule should be... Um... You can't say the word nothing burger on AEW television because, as I've learned tonight, <laughs> that was played out in 2019. That was played out by 20. Well, everyone is using it in 2019, but it's felt it's one of those phrases. I'm sure you love that. I'm talking more about this. One of those phrases that when people first started saying it, I'd like a, like a Google chart of when it grew in popularity. Somebody out there send me a an infographic on it. But like people said, it was like, oh, that's kind of clever. And then like three months later, it was a little less clever. Because, like, everyone who thought it was clever but was late to the game started saying it. And now we're years later and you're still saying it. It's like, kind of like saying the word bitch uh, in a wrestling I, promo. I, I, I am, I was, you said it, not me, but I, it crossed my mind. Most, mostly I heard a bunch of politicians in the House of Representatives saying that about bills. And I was just like, just shut up. It's not clever. And then, and then like, four years later I'm saying that under my breath when you say nothing burger on a wrestling show. Yep. Wow, we we certainly ended on a high note here on a on a Saturday night at, at, when it's I, already Sunday in the this, Eastern this, East Coast. Yeah, it did. It crossed over. It, this this was the last three minutes of the show was quite the nothing burger, Eric. Yes, I, uh, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been fun. Um, thank you, Eric. Um, always a pleasure. Plug, plug, plugs yeah. for the post show tomorrow. What about it? You'll be doing a come join Wade and no. Uh, no you think assume- anyone's left after the nothing burger talk? We're talking to ourselves. Uh, just the hardest of the hard. Uh, <laughs> well, Zach from Texas and Javier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so VIP members, you know, we're doing a post show. And you'll and enjoy who will it. be on the post show, Wade? Yeah, pro- probably Todd and Rich. Okay. Glad uh, yeah. to see a lot of preparation has gone into that one. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no one's told me they're not going to do it, and that's our, that's our you know, default group. Uh, but there could be a late so. you're, you're really selling this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sell it harder for this an hour and a half ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Eric. Thank you. Yep. Obviously. invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments that email address is wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com that's wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com also welcome your feedback on twitter you can follow us on twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the wade keller that's at pwtorch and at the wade keller searching for more great pro wrestling talk then join me jason powell host of the free weekly pro wrestling boom podcast Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com daily news updates editorials 
and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at PW Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s, and also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. 
If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie-smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week and... Looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my Factor favorites. So head to Factor75.com slash Wade50 or use code Wade50 to get 50% off. That's code Wade50 at Factor75.com slash Wade50 to get 50% off. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.